Kittredge, you never seen me very upset. All right, Aunt. Enough is enough. You have bribed, cajoled, and killed, and you have done it using loyalties on the inside. You want to shake hands with the devil? That's fine with me. I just want to make sure that you do it in hell. Welcome back to Consumer's Cut. I'm Eli, joined by my lovely co-host and wife, Katie. Hello. And today we're talking about... Mission Impossible, Impossible 1. Yeah, we are so excited. Oh, also 2 and 3. This is going to be our first segment. We're talking about 1, 2, and 3. Next segment, we're going to be talking about 4 and 5. And for our last segment, we're going to be talking about... Six and seven. Um, recently, we re-watched all of the Mission Impossible movies, and it's been so fun going over them, because Katie's first Mission Impossible movie was the seventh one. Yes, I had never seen any of them before um, until I watched the seventh one in movie theaters, and I was pleasantly surprised. I loved it. It was very action-packed, very adventure-filled, and Eli said that we had to go from the beginning and watch all of them, and so... In probably a week, we finished all the Mission Impossible movies, and it was very exciting, to say the least. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so today, as we talk about the first one, what, what did you think of the first one? I thought it was a very interesting opener to the Mission Impossible series, and I think it was fun to go from watching the seventh one with where how everything is in present times, and then going back and watching the first one, and seeing how everything all started, that was a fun way for me to watch that and be introduced into the Mission Impossible world, um, but I loved the first one, I thought it was just a good old classic spy movie, and a little bit of like a murder mystery movie, where you are trying to figure out who the bad guy is, and it's intense, and it's it's great, there's not a, I felt like there weren't a lot of stunts, there mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of crazy, like, I mean, there were intense action parts, but it wasn't like how Mission Impossible is now. So it's very interesting to see the start and have it be just like a, a plain spy movie. And but it wasn't a, it wasn't plain, but just have it be a good old spy movie. And yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, it's crazy how much they change because, like you said, the later movies really focus on um, big stunts, lots of action, like bombastic spy movie action stuff. And this first one. Definitely a slower spy. It's a thriller. It's for sure a thriller. Um, some backstory about the, the Mission Impossible movies is it was a TV show in the 60s. Um, the main character's name was Jim Phelps. Ethan Hunt was not even a person, you know. Um, and so it was about this, this, this spy, the IMF, the Impossible Mission Force, and that was a TV show. And they made it a movie. 1996 was the first one. Um, John Voight played... Jim Phelps. So that's the main character from the TV show. And spoiler for the movie, which came out in 96, um, <laughs> he turns out to be the bad guy. So they take the main character, the hero of the TV show, and make a movie, and he's the bad guy. And they mm -hmm. make a new character entirely, Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise's character, and make him the hero of the movie. Uh -huh. So that would be crazy today, I think. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to take some TV show and make it a movie and be like, oh, your good guy's a bad guy. But I think it really works for the movie. I think so too. And I think it was it was really fun because the way they set it up is a kind of a plot twist finding out that Jim Phelps was the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Because in the in the beginning they're on this like 
um, this mission where they have to go. They get a get a knock list. They get a knock list and a list of all of the um, code names and real names of the agents in the IMF. So they're getting that list, and then during their mission, every single one of Ethan's team members dies a very very gruesome death, except for him. And the team is like big name actors. Like yes. John Voight is Jim Phelps. Emilio Estevez is uh, uh, another one of the characters. Like you'd think these are big name actors. It's They're going to be part of the movie. Nope. Wiped out. Yeah. They die in like the first 20 minutes, which is crazy. And so anyway, he sees all of his, he sees and hears all of his teammates dying and it's so shocking and crazy for him. And he watches Jim Phelps die. And so Throughout the movie, the whole time, he just thinks Jim Phelps is dead. And then he later finds out that um, Jim Phelps' wife, Claire, is actually alive. And Claire is helping him throughout the movie. Anyway, and so it's it's a big plot twist when you find out that Jim is alive. And um, Jim is trying to convince Ethan that um, Kittrich is the bad guy. Kittrich. Kittrich, sorry. That Kittrich is the bad guy. But while he's explaining... To Ethan, like how he thinks Kittrich did it, Ethan is seeing what he's explaining, but instead of it being Kittrich, it's actually Jim Phelps that he's seeing because he's realizing that Jim is actually the one behind all these things and he's the one who's the actual mole. And so I thought that was a great way, a very great cinematic way to show that Ethan is going along with Jim's story, but in his mind, he's realizing and working it out that it's Jim. And basically, the team that Ethan had assembled after his team died, like the majority of his new team was working with Jim also. And so he was putting it all together, how they were working together, how they were doing all that, as Jim is telling him that it was Kittredge who did it. And so it was just so interesting and like such a great way to show how... Just like how Ethan was thinking about it, which is really cool. Yeah, I think that's the thing that the movie does super well, is that like it shows how Ethan thinks, and it shows you how smart Ethan is. Because I think in all the other movies, of course he's smart. But in this one, he's like, he's just really um, intuitive, and he makes a lot of really smart calls. And um, it's I love that they show that. Like, in one part of the movie, at the beginning, after his team dies, he goes back to his um, rendezvous point, right? And he takes out a light bulb and he crushes it up in his coat and he puts the glass down on the floor. Like, oh, you're smart. You're setting a trap if someone comes, which I wouldn't have thought to do, you know? Yeah. So it's it's cool that they show how smart he is and how even though he's being betrayed, he's still like one step ahead of everyone kind of a yeah. thing. Um, my favorite part of the movie by far, I think it's a great movie. My favorite part is when they have to infiltrate the CIA and it's him and Luther and um, the French guy, I don't know his name, and... Um, the other um, Jim Phelps' wife's character, Claire. Her name, Claire, and they all have to infiltrate the CIA to get the knock list. And it's like one of the most iconic scenes in the franchise, I'd say, is where <laughs> it's so good because they they have to like first they have to get in as under disguise as like firefighters, and they sneak into the vents, and then this room that they're trying to get their information out of is like temperature sensitive and it has lasers and it's like noise sensitive. And you can't touch the floor, you know, so there's like four different levels of security that they have and it just ratchets up the tension so much. <laughs> and it's where you get the iconic scene of Tom Cruise falling and like catching himself and made on a rope or whatever, you know, and, um, it is awesome. It's so intense and like, 
it's crazy that the most intense part of the movie is like he's hanging above the ground and he has to catch like a water droplet that's falling because he's sweating you know like it's it's really it's really well done it is really i love that scene too and it it's so intense which is so funny because i feel like each movie grows with intensity but it's like they did such a good job with that first one making that like the super intense scene and it is like the most iconic scene in all mission impossible movies and there's been so many movies that have recreated Mm -hmm. that which is so funny and so yeah i love that and it gets so intense because there's a rat that comes oh yeah french guy the french guy is the one that's holding the rope that is that is harnessing tom cruise or ethan hunt um in his little harness that's lowering him down and the french guy sees this rat come up and he like tries to kill it but then ethan slips and then that's what catches him and that's why he's dangling above the floor and so it just makes it so intense because you see the rat before the french guy does and you're like oh no no." (laughs) yeah yeah it's so good yeah it is good i love that like it's so quiet the whole time and you're like my butthole's clenched i'm like oh gosh please don't work don't don't like you you have to get this done you know so like i love how they use the silence in the movie i think it's awesome yeah it adds a layer of intensity to it which is really awesome so i love that um and i love how they show max in this movie where you get introduced to max the arms dealer which is really fun and and that just shows too that ethan is just one step ahead of everybody because he's like you see the scene on the train where somebody's like putting a gun together with their gloves and you think it's Jim, but then later you realize that it was Ethan with a mask on to look like Jim. So anyway, that was really intense. I just love the whole train scene because you get introduced to Max. You get introduced to Luther. Well, I guess you get introduced to Luther earlier. Never mind. That's a lie. But I just love um, just learning about Max and like him trying to persuade Max to give him what he needs, but then also not compromise his integrity and who he is so it's just like a fun back and forth and trying to figure out how he's going to outsmart max and and make the deal but also give her what she wants without actually giving her what she wants so i love that and that kind of is a theme throughout all the mission impossible movies is he's really good at that and so it's fun to see like where that started in the origin of it yeah trying to like do what he needs to do to get the job done but also like you said not like drop his morals or not like cross that line so it's really good i love that part yeah um what are some of your other favorite parts of the movie if you pick some i love the iconic on top of the train scene because that happens um in the seventh one too where they're on top of the train but in the first one i feel like it's way more realistic it's better done right it's It's crazy way more realistic because they're like the wind's blowing and it just looks so crazy. Well, and like such high speeds that yes. you'd be like, of course, if you were on top of a train, you couldn't stand and fight. Yeah. Like that if it's going that fast in the movie, they're like flying. Like they have yeah. to hold on for dear life just yeah. to stay on the train. Yeah. And they can like barely get each other. They're like laying down pretty much the majority of the fight. And so I love that scene. So I was like, this is so realistic. And then <laughs> of course the helicopter scene at the end is so... It's so not realistic. <laughs> yeah, it goes from so realistic to so unrealistic yeah. so fast. But it's fun. But it is. I like it. It's it's like it is. I think up to that point in the movie, it's like all right, like obviously there's not realistic stuff, but it's like we're staying kind of grounded, you know, like not mm. too 
crazy action-y. And then it's like, the helicopter goes into yes. the tunnel. I'm like, all right, we're now going crazy. Great. And the CGI is so not good. Well, I mean, yeah, for 96, you know. It's not terrible, but it's in the dating. 2023 vision. Yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> but it's, it's man, it it's good. It's fun because, like, the whole scene's good and tense. I'm loving it. And then, like, Ethan hops on the bottom part of a helicopter. So, like, the bad guy, the French guy, Janet Rousseau, I think his name is, actor's name. He's, he's flying it. Jim, Jim Voigt. Oh, Jim Phelps, John Voigt, is on one side of the helicopter. Ethan's on the other. And he grabs, like, a gadget from the beginning of the movie that they'd introduced. It's a gum where he, like, presses it together and it explodes or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, and he grabs the gum and he's like... And, and the Mission Impossible music starts playing, and you're like, let's freaking go! And, and he flies off, and I'm like, this is awesome. I love it. So good. And that is the origin of Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt. Stunts. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, yeah. It's so funny. It's fun. I love it. Tom yeah. Cruise. I, you guys will hear throughout these podcasts that I have a big man crush on Tom Cruise. <laughs> he might be. I don't care about his personal life. Like, that's, uh, you know, might be a little stranger. But uh, as an action movie star, I think he is the best in the business. True. Of, like, I'm he's sure. doing the crazy stunts. He's, I think he's a great actor. I think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Love Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. So true. He just, he's so good at what he does, for sure. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's awesome. So, yeah. Um, final thoughts on the first Mission Impossible. I loved it. I thought it was fun. And like I said, it was fun to watch the seventh one and then start from the beginning and watch the first one and and start and see where he is present time, and then go back and see the origin of it. I thought that was a very fun way to watch the Mission Impossible movies for the first time, so I loved that. It was awesome. Yeah, super awesome. Same here with you. I think it's a fun spy thriller. I think it's intense. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so that is our review of Mission Impossible 1. Now we're going to be reviewing Mission Impossible two. Um, this movie's trash. It, no, it's my favorite one. I love it. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, this movie's not very good. Uh, it's. I think this was made in two thousand or two thousand two. I want to say. I will say. I see what they were trying to do with it, and I appreciate what they were trying to do with it and where they were trying to go with it. It just so completely missed the mark. Yes. And it was just so bad. Weird. It yes. bad. Because, so, um, more backstory or history about this one. So, first movie was, um, as we said, it was a thriller. It was directed by Brian De Palma, who's mm-hmm. known for, like, really crazy Dutch angles for where our angles that they're like tilted you know um lots of crazy camera work like really creative um i really like him personally i think he's a great director the second one they decided to go with john woo who made like hong kong action movies in the 80s he was he made amazing movies he was like really really awesome movies and then he's known for his like really extravagant style and his action style and like slow motion and two guns and and doves and all that stuff and I don't think it translated very well. No. It's for Mission Impossible. Um, well, I just... think I think the action and the two guns and the doves translated well. Just the plot and the story and the script was just 
terrible. Yeah, not, I like, I barely <laughs> remember, like, it's about a virus kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think him and his love interest is, Tandy Newton is her name. Yeah. Um, I didn't really love their chemistry, like, I didn't no. feel, because. So many slow yeah, motion yeah, scenes. Yeah, so much slow motion. Um, it was a little, it was, like, really mm. melodramatic. The thing I hated, or I didn't love about this one, was that. In the first one, Tom is, like, very sharp and very on... Yes. Or Ethan, sorry, is very sharp and very on top of his game. But in this one, it's like he meets this girl and he's so worried about her and her safety that he just throws all caution to the wind. And he's not one step ahead no. anymore. He's not sharp anymore. He just is, like, flying by the seat of his pants, just trying to get this mission done, but keeping her safe. And, like, he just becomes like a lovesick puppy and yeah. it's just kind of like pathetic a little bit i don't love that yeah he kind of comes becomes like a big dumb action hero yeah. and it's like wait where were your smarts yeah, you know you true. were smart and yeah. um that is not the case for the second one no definitely and not. like trying to think of some redeeming qualities of the movie uh it's kind of one of those movies where it's so bad it's yes, good yeah and it's kind of like while you're watching it you're like all right this is what it is like let's just have fun watching yeah. it like like, the slow-mo is just kind of yes. like, oh, this is kind of funny. Um, oh, I know a good thing I like about the movie. Every time Ethan Hunt fires his handguns, it sounds like a cannonball. <laughs> and I love it. It's, like, the loudest thing ever, and I'm like, this is this is fun. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And I think the amount of unnecessary mask rips in this movie... Is there were a lot of them. In, well, and this, oh, the CGI with the mask grip, too, was so just not good. <laughs> some of them were pretty good. Some, some of them, them were, were like, some of them they were did not. a good job of practical and CGI, and, like, um, some of them were good, some of them nothing. Were terrible, where it was, like, straight on the camera, and you could see them, like, they're, they're looking into the camera, pulling the mask off, and it's, like, Oh, it went from a face to computer generated to back to a face again. Like, it was <laughs> just so obvious. And I was like, oh, it's just hard to watch. Yeah. And, that, and then I feel like at the ending, it was just so drawn out where the guy just wouldn't die. Okay. The bad guy, what was his name? Oh, Sean Ambrose. Where Sean Ambrose just would not die. He just kept coming back for more. And it was like, oh, Tom beat, or, oh, Ethan beat him up. Now he's dead. Oh, wait, no. Sean is back alive again. Okay, wait. Ethan beat him up again. Now he's dead again. Oh, wait, no. Now he's back alive. <laughs> like, it was just so much like, will this movie end already? Yeah. It was so bad. And also very, very predictable. Like, I totally predicted that the girl... What was her name? Tandy Newton is the actress. I totally predicted that the love interest girl, Tandy Newton, was going to put the virus in herself so that they didn't kill her. Because there was a scene where, like, she was at gunpoint and Tom was trying to destroy all the viruses. And so she um, put the virus in herself and then and then it made it so that Sean couldn't kill her at all because he needed the virus to go sell. But I totally predicted it. And I good was job. Like, I'm proud I of know, you. I know. That's good. Yeah, it was a proud moment. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. So, if you can't tell, we're not the biggest fans of the second one. <laughs> it was good to get through. Um... Eli just likes it for Tom Cruise's hair. Tom Cruise's hair is the damn good, I'll say oh, that. Gosh. I mean, the slow motion and his hair, it's majestic. I think he is a, he's a majestic man. No. Um, but yeah, not not our favorite movie. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> okay, that's our um, review, quick review of Mission Impossible 2. Now, we're going to be reviewing Mission Impossible 3. Oh boy, and do I like this one a lot. Um, what did you think of this one? Personally? Out of, out of the first three, where would you rank it? Oh, for sure number one. I think, oh, over one. honestly, out of all the Mission Impossible movies, this might be either my favorite or second favorite. Really? I loved number three. I thought, I think, I don't know if it was because I had just watched it right after watching number two, mm. and I was like, this is just so much better, or just because I love, like... I just love it. It, it was, was just good. so raw and like yes. the love story behind it was just so good. Beautiful. It was beautiful, but it was so like intense and yes. like oh it was it was so good. Yes. I loved number three. I me, thought it was so good. Me too. I think number three is slept on. I think yes. most people when they think of Mission Impossible, they think of these newer ones. Yes. Or like the first one. And this one is kind of stuck in the middle and yeah. not many people think of this one. Yeah. Um some uh, backstory on the third one. So the third one came out in 2006, and it was directed by J.J. Abrams. Mm. Um, so J.J. Abrams, I think after that point, had only done TV, which is um, Alias. He made like a spy TV show. Mm. It's great with Jennifer Gardner. But I think this might be his first movie, if I'm not wrong. Dang, and I think he is awesome. He did a good job. Um, that was his first movie. Yeah, like, like you said, like you can immediately tell the difference between two and three. Oh yeah, that three is like it's got a really tight, good script. Yes, everything, um, everything flows. It's super trim. Like yes. it doesn't waste any time. Yes. Um, his love story with uh, his wife Julia, played by Michelle Monaghan, really great. I it's think I love so it. It's great. so sweet. Yeah. And we have to talk about the opening scene. Yes. Yes, for sure. We should put an explosive charge in your head. Because the opening scene honestly is what hooks you into the whole entire movie. Because it's, you know, up to this point, Tom Cruise, like, he can't be touched. He's he's not vulnerable. Like, he's so mm, strong. He's the super spy. He's the super yeah. spy who can get out of any situation. But well, I guess not, though. Because in the first one, he's... His whole team dies, and he's kind of on the run, you know? But also, he's, like, still strong. Like, you don't yeah. you see a vulnerable side mm. of him for two seconds. He doesn't ever get true. caught, though. Like, That's he true. never gets caught. Yeah, you're right. Point. You're right. You don't ever see him get caught, and it's just like, oh, like, he's untouchable. Like, yes. he can just, he's one step ahead. Like, he's doing good. And literally, the opening scene is him being strapped into this chair, like, begging to... To not have this guy, this oh, okay, so he's strapped into this chair, and then the bad guy, who you find out later, uh, has a gun pointed to this woman's head, who you don't know yet, and you're you're like, what's going on? And Tom is like, yeah, you're you're like, what the freak yeah, is going on? Yeah, like that's on? the opening scene. You don't it's know just anything. This intense anything. thing, and you're like, what's going on? And Tom is like, <laughs> and. He's the bad guy is like counting down from ten because um, he's wanting Tom to cooperate, but Tom won't tell him what he wants, and you're like, "What is what is going on?" And then you hear him say, ten. and it's, you're like, ah! "Yes, I, I love insane. that scene because like 
Yeah, like you said, you have no clue what's going on. You just know this guy's counting down. He's like, I'm going to kill her if you don't tell me what I want to know. Yeah. And you see, I think this is maybe Tom Cruise's best acting performance throughout the franchise. Because yeah. you see him go from like, I'm not going to give you what, what you want. Like yes. that's his first start to like, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. Yes. And then he changes and he's like, I'm going to kill you. I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. Eight. And then he changes again and he's like, I will do anything yes. to save this woman who you figure out later on is his wife. You yeah. Know? And then change, he changes again and he's mad again. And then he's just desperate and then at the very end, he's just crying. And he's like, no. 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 He's like, no. do what's right. He yeah. cries you know, like, there's like, a single tear. Right. Yeah. And then he, Owen Davian, played by the amazing late Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, and then he pulls the trigger, and like that's how the credits start. Yeah, so it's insane. Oh, it's I'm just getting worked up talking about it. It's crazy. It's, amazing. it's um, crazy. And I think it keeps that tension up throughout the entire movie. I think having it open with that scene gave me so much anxiety through the whole movie because then you know what the outcome is going to be. You're like, I know that's going to happen, but I don't know when. And then you see the people that were in that scene, and you're like, Oh my gosh! Like it's so stressful and it's yes. so scary but i think that was such a smart move to do that at the beginning because then you're on your toes the whole time you're intrigued the whole time you're just so focused in on the movie the whole time because you're like what is going to happen like yeah. oh my gosh it's so good it's so good um and i think one thing this movie does really well along with having a lot of good tension and it being very intense is that like it really shows you the human side of ethan yes and it shows you his personal life yes because in the first and second movie it's just the agent Ethan Hunt. He's on his missions. You never see him at home. You know. And this one, after that amazing cold open, shows Ethan at home. You know, he's like, you figure out he has a fiance, um, Julia, right? And like, you see him as a normal dude. He's he's now kind of retired, or he's, I guess he's just training people at this point in the. In but your... this is the funny thing too is he can't tell people what his job is. Yes. So they're having a party at their house together, Julia and, and Ethan are having a, like an engagement party or something. And this guy is asking Tom or is asking Ethan like, Hey, what do you do for a living? And he's like, Oh, I, I work with traffic lights because yeah. he's not allowed to say what he does. And then later in the movie, as he's running through the IMF building, you see him knock over this box and it's like a bunch of pamphlets for like traffic lights, which is so funny. It's like, I, I love that about the movie, too, because it's so serious, but then it also has moments like that where you're like, oh, that's silly. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that example is a great example of how well this movie does foreshadowing and, like, it, it drops tidbits that yes. you're going to bring back later. So, like, one of them, like you said, was that it was used for a joke, right? And he tells us about how he does traffic light patterns, and then later on in the movie, the whole pamphlet so the traffic light comes in. Or, like, earlier in the, the party scene... Tom Cruise is overlooking his wife talk about uh, an adventure they went on to her friends. And they can't remember the name of a the lake. There's actually two two um, foreshadowing elements in this. Is that she talks about Lake Winnipeg and none of her friends can remember it. And she can't remember it. But Tom Ethan Hunt is in another room and he can read their lips. So you know that he can read lips. And you know that there's shared information between them of Lake Winnipeg. So like later on in the movie, that's a good callback. Because when Ethan's trying to like figure out if the person he's talking to on the phone is really Julia. He asks her what lake it is, and she says, oh, Lake Winnipeg, and then he knows it's her, really. And then um, another character in the movie uses Liberty. So, like, it's just a really good, great use of foreshadowing in the movie. Mm -hmm. 
It's oh yeah, it's so good. And it, I love I love Carrie Russell, and so I loved her. Yes. I loved her cameo in this, and it was so short lived. But that whole scene was so intense. They had to go save her. Lindsay is her name in the movie. They had to go save her because she was infiltrating Davian's um, something. I don't remember what, but she was um, assigned this mission, and Ethan had trained Lindsay. And so then she got her first real mission, and she was doing it, and they went to go save her, but they had put an electrical signal in her head, and as soon as they started leaving, like, it was just giving her the most excruciating pain. Um, but, but while they're escaping from the building, Lindsay keeps being like, Ethan, I have to tell you something, like, just you. And he's like, right now? Like, we're trying to get yeah. out of here. Anyway, and on the, on the airplane, um, Ethan tries to get the electronic signal in Lindsay's head to go away, and so he's going to... He's going to zap her with an AED and then bring her back to life. But right before he zaps her, like three seconds before the AED warms up, like you hear this shock and her eyes go all twisted. Oh, that gives me nightmares. Yeah. I hated that part of her eyes go all twisted and she dies. And you're like, oh, like it was three seconds away yeah. from being saved. Anyway, but then Ethan... This movie's dark. It's so dark. It's intense. And Ethan later finds um, a little hard drive from Lindsay that he gave to Ethan about how... She thinks that someone in the IMF, which was Brant, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne's character. That Brant in the IMF has been in communication with Davian. And so that's what she's been trying to tell him. And so the whole time you're like, what? Like, oh my gosh, like he's been in communication. Like that's why Davian has been able to slip under everyone's radar for so long. Mm-hmm. That's another thing they complain about is that Davian is under everyone's radar in the IMF. And so that's like an interesting factor but, and it, there's just so many plot twists in the movie where you're like, oh, it's not actually Brant who was the one in contact with Damien. It was Musgraves. And anyway, it's just so, just so many plot twists you don't yeah. expect. And I love plot yeah, twists. I love of, them. Lots of good twists and turns. And I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this movie does a really good job of like, has a great plot. It has really intense heist scenes yes and it has super intense action scenes yes and i think the later movies focus more on action less on heist yes and um i think this is a really good mixture of both yes because um in like the big main heist scene um tom ethan hunt and his team go to the vatican to capture um philip seymour hoffman's character owen davian Mm -hmm. and um, I love the way that like this takes a little bit more of a grounded approach to all the technology in the movie. Yeah. Um, Cause like Tom Cruise is running and he uses like a little grapnel hook to like get up the wall. And then he like, instead of just using any technology to like, um, distract the camera, he puts his hand up to the camera and takes a picture and then places that picture over the lens of the camera. So it looks like nothing's there because he just used a picture. He, like, printed out a Polaroid picture, basically. And then when he goes to drop off the side of the building, he takes a, a measuring device and he, like, measures how far it would be. So he knows how far to drop. You know? Mm-hmm. So, like, just small things like that that I think make it just better overall. I think, yeah. you know, a little bit more grounded. Um, I would love when Ethan and his team capture Owen Davian. He's in this bathroom. And they know that... Owen Davian's bodyguard is coming in to like check up on him and they have him captured and they had him read like a sentence and like as Owen Davian's reading the sentence he's saying specific words that like will enable them to use uh, a voice modulator right so um then Davian's unconscious but the voice modulator hasn't uploaded yet 
So Tom Cruise, as Owen Davian, has to cough and pretend like he can't talk so that the bodyguard like doesn't notice something's up. Sure. Six seconds, I'm uploading. Okay, go. Fine, wait outside. And it's just super intense scene. It's like, this is really well done. And this is a really smart way to build intensity rather than just being stupid and nothing. It's like, oh, they built in really smart reasons yes. for it to be really intense. But that part's intense too because while he's coughing, the bodyguard's like opening the door and just behind the door is his colleague with the real Davian yeah. holding the real unconscious Davian. And so he's trying to not let the bodyguard look at um, his colleague in Davian. And so anyway, it's just so intense because you're like, oh my gosh, he's getting farther in the bathroom. Like he's going to shut the door and see. And then he, the bodyguard doesn't end up seeing um, the real Davian. But it was just so intense. It's good. It was so intense. And oh my gosh, the scene um, where they go back to the beginning scene, like when they finally catch up in time to the first thing you saw, it is just like so much more intense watching it yes. the second time. Because you're like, it's his I wife. know how he got there and it's his wife. Yes. And like when they capture Davian the first time going back and they're on the airplane taking him to where they need to take him. Luther and Ethan are on the plane with him trying to interrogate him. And the whole time he just is like, he's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to find everyone you love and I'm going to kill them. Davian is saying this the whole time. Like, I'm going to... I'm going to find out who you love and I'm going to kill them and I'm going to kill you in front of them and like all this stuff. He doesn't break. He doesn't break. He just is being crazy and it just is like, it's scary. It's he, like terrifying because you're like, oh my gosh, like he's going to do it. Yeah, like, he's, he's the best it. bad guy out yes. of all the Mission Impossible movies. Which honestly, it's so realistic because you can take the head of this huge corporation that he started, but there's still a whole corporation behind it. Like mm. you can take him and do whatever you want with him, but he knows like, I have people. I have people mm. who are going to save me and who are going to rescue me. And once they do, I will find you and I will kill you. And he's so terrifying. it's just like, oh, and, and Bill Superman is so, he's such a great actor. Mm -hmm. um, I think he passed away in 2014, I want to say. But oh. he's so good. Because yeah. like in this movie, he's like, he's cold. He barely shows emotion, kind of. Yeah. But you can tell there's so much anger and like so yes. much like, hate and just he's a bad dude yes. and i really enjoyed watching yes. him um it's so it's so good yeah, yeah i love that scene when when you know you know why how they got to there the yeah. countdown scene right and and i think part of what makes it so intense is that like i said before i think his tom cruise ethan hunt's relationship with julia his wife is one of the sweetest things ever yes and i think one of my favorite parts of the movie is that in the beginning Ethan can't tell Julia what he does for work. So, like, um, in the scene you were talking about where Ethan goes on the mission in the beginning of the movie to rescue Lindsay and she dies, Ethan comes back home and he can't tell Julia what happened because he can't tell her. And so she's, the, like, she can tell something's up with him, but she can't flat out say, like, what's going on. So they hug each other and you can see both their faces and, like, he's in just, like, anguish. And he can't show it, and she's just like so scared because she don't doesn't know what's going on in her marriage, and she's like, I don't know what's going on. It's just great. It's just like it's a really so good, good relationship stuff. It's so good. I love it. I think they do. Oh, this movie's just so good. They it's do good. such a good job. And like when in when they go to the beginning scene later in the movie, and 
he shoots his wife and she's dead, you're like, no, like there's no way she can't be dead. But then Musgrave comes in and that's when you find out that Musgrave is actually the bad guy. And he rips the duct tape off of the girl's face and you find out it's actually a mask. Mm -hmm. And it was actually um, Davian's translator in Italy when they um, took him and swapped him out. And so anyway, I just think, I just think it was so good, their usage of masks. Because you come from the second one where it's like, mask grip, mask grip, mask grip every five seconds. And then this one, it's like, oh my gosh, like that totally got me. Like I totally thought it was his wife. But they did such a good job at at using those masks to a very good advantage. And I loved it. And also I loved that they, just with their relationship, like they build up Julia and Tom and Julia, sorry. They build up Julia and Ethan's relationship throughout the whole movie. And then you see that he kills her and you're just like, just torn apart. And then you find out it's not her and you're like, oh my gosh. So it's like just this emotional roller coaster with their relationship the whole time. And I... Love it. Me too. And I also love at the end when they had put the electrical signal in Ethan's head, the same one that killed Lindsay earlier in the movie, and um, Julia, Ethan's wife, um, has to help Ethan. And so she has to, like, kill him with this electrical signal. Yeah, shock him. With shock him with this electrical signal to turn to... um, Short it out. Short it out. And he's like, here's this gun. If anybody comes, shoot it then. And so he's like, I know you'll bring me back. Because she's a nurse. Yeah, she's a nurse. Yeah. He's like, I know you'll bring me back. But if anyone comes, shoot it then. But you have to shock me with this. And so she finally does it. And then these like bad guys come. And she shoots them. And she's like, so bad, eh? And it's so great. So she gets a great scene. I love that. I, lo- so I love that like she is a normal person mm-hmm. in a crazy situation. Yes. Like, she's a nurse. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's never fired a gun. Ethan just says, like, be smart. Look at your targets, right? Yes. And I love that. You can see that she's freaking out. Yes. Which is what any normal person would yes. do. Yes. But you can see, like, yeah. I think she's a great actress because you can see the wheels turning in her head. And yes. she's like, okay, if I if I look this way and look in the reflection, I can see a bad guy and shoot him, right? Or yes. Like, so she's just... She's smart, and yes. I think she's resourceful, and I think that's what makes her such a bad A and yes. so cool. Yes. And that, like, they don't just automatically... I think sometimes movies have this problem where you need this character who doesn't know anything. Like, they don't have any skills. They just all, the, all, all of a sudden become proficient, and they can do anything. Yes. And, like, this didn't do that. They were yes. like, okay, she's terrified, but she's smart, and she can get totally. the job done, and I love that. Totally. I love I love that too. They stayed true to the character. Yes. They weren't like, oh, all of a sudden she's so gifted at shooting yeah. a gun. Like yeah. she's never shot a gun before. Right. Obviously she's not gonna be great at it. But she was she had a lot of adrenaline. She mm-hmm. had that fight or flight and so she did hit the target, but it was just they did such a good job with that. And then she brings Ethan back to life. The CPR, she yeah. She does a CPR, but you don't think he's gonna come back and you're so sad, but then he comes back to life and he's like did you shoot them? He's, he's like, like oh, wow, yeah. That was almost like, he's like, I believe in you so much. And then he's like, well, I didn't believe in you at all. Like, <laughs> and I'm always like, I'm really surprised you shot them, which is so funny. And then at the end of the movie, they, you finally, well, I finally figured out what IMF stands for because they didn't mention oh, yeah. it in any other movies. And and um, Ethan is explaining to Julia what he does because now obviously yeah. she knows what's going on. He's like, I work for the IMF. And she's like, What's the IMF? And he's like, it's the impossible mission force. And she just starts laughing. And he's like, no, really, that's what it stands for. And she's like, 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. It's funny. And cheesy, but it was made from a TV show, so obviously it's yeah. super cheesy because that's what it was made from. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I think also um, part of what I love about that ending scene, um, which takes place in Shanghai, I want to say, is that it introduces um, Benji. Benji's character. Uh, Benji, Benji. Uh, Simon Pegg, is introduced actually earlier in the movie, but for Ethan, once he escapes the bad guys near the end of the movie in Shanghai to find Julia, he calls Benji and says, hey, Benji, track her location from a phone. And so this is the first time in the franchise that they have Benji talking to Ethan on the phone when he's running. Mm-hmm. And I think it really works yes, super well because does. they keep going back to it in the movies because it's great. Because yeah. I think Simon Pegg as Benji has really good chemistry with Tom Cruise. And they have this fun back and forth. And um, and so Tom Cruise, or Ethan Hunt is talking with Benji on the phone and he's just freaking booking it. He's like sprinting. <laughs> Tom Cruise running, one of the greatest things ever. This is where they start the iconic Tom Cruise yes, runs. Yes, he just movie. runs. Like it's a long take and he's running for like three minutes straight. And I'm like... <gasps> I love this. It's just him running. <laughs> but it's the awesome Mission Impossible I, theme and he's running and I'm like, let's go, Tom. <laughs> let's do it. I personally think it's the dorkiest run ever. I love it. I think he's like freaking robotic. It. This man won't stop. You can't stop him. Uh, oh my gosh. I want to run like him. I can't run for more than oh, two boy. minutes before I pass out. But no, it's, I love that scene. I oh, love that. So this is kind good. of the origin or the start of like, hey, yeah. we have a really fun bit that we can do. It's so, there's just, I feel like this movie was really like the start of, of, um, traditions that they did, I want to say, in the rest of the Mission Impossible movies, like his iconic run, him talking to Benji, like there's just so many things that they reference back to in the rest of the movies, starting from movie three, Mm -hmm. which I love. I think it's so good. Yeah. And I think, um, I just love how it's fun. It's super intense. It's got, like, the intensity from the first one. It's super... I feel like it's really emotional. Like, I'm a big prior, so I think I teared up. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. Because I love the characters. Yeah. And I, especially in this movie, love his relationship. Yes. And it really... Spoiler alert for ones going forward. But, like, I think they do a really good job of keeping Julia a part of the story in yes. small bits going forward. But, anyway... Um, I love that this movie is like a happy ending. Like, yeah. It's a really happy ending. It's one of my favorite endings. Yes. They walk off together happy yeah. as a married couple. And I'm like, I love it. Yeah. It's so, I'm such a sucker for good love stories, especially, I love love stories where like one of them's in danger and the other one has to go get them. It's just so good. It's good. I love it. And they did such a good job with this movie. I feel like it was so great. Me too. And dare I say, I think this movie really is in my opinion, the best Mission Impossible. Oh, I feel are like it you? Is You're going back and putting here, this at number one. I feel like the more we've talked about it, the more I've thought about it, I feel like this is my number one favorite Mission Impossible movie. Okay. Because just so many reasons. I, I just thought it was so great and everything we talked about. But also, if they hadn't had done so good and had such a heavy, intense third movie, I think that Mission Impossible would have sunk. I agree. I think after the second movie... It was just like, this is a joke. And I think if they didn't have had, if they wouldn't have had such a serious, intense, really just action, intriguing, edge of your seat, super epic, awesome (laughs) third movie. I just feel like if the third movie wasn't the third movie, then the whole franchise would not have happened. I agree. You know, what's interesting about that is first movie did good, got a sequel. Second movie didn't do as good financially. 
but we got a sequel because it's it's a you know it, it made money right yeah third movie this did okay it didn't do as good as i thought it would be this was made in 2006 mm-hmm. um and the franchise almost did stop actually mm-hmm. even though it was really critically acclaimed i think people got bored or something i don't know yeah. exactly what happened but um so this was made in 2006 the next movie wasn't made till 2011 wow so it took a while for the next one to get made but i'm so glad they kept making it yes. and i agree with you this laid a lot of the groundwork yes. for what we love to see in the future installments and i think I think one, like, they're all kind of a different genre, and I think if I'm right, Tom Cruise said, because he, I think he produced the first one, I can't remember who did, but he began producing more of them, and, like, being way more involved in how they were made as they went on. Yeah. One of the famous stories about Tom Cruise is that, like, he does crazy stunts, and for one of the movies, um, he, he's like, okay, I'm going to talk with my stunt coordinator, and we want to do this really crazy stunt, and the stunt coordinator's like, I'm not letting you do that stunt because it's way too dangerous for you. And Tom Cruise is like, okay, you're fired. I'm getting a new stunt coordinator <laughs> because I want to be able to do this stuff. So, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think he has a lot more involvement in him, and um, and this is like the perfect, yeah, base for where it goes from here. Oh yeah. And they and like as they go forward, they kind of become more like unified in what their theme is and and what, how Mission Impossible movie feels, and I think they're fantastic. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, those are our final thoughts on Mission Impossible 1, 2, and 3. As you can tell, we love 3. <laughs> we really like 1. Number 2 is poo-poo. I think it's not poo-poo. If you like the movie, we're sorry. And you are valid in your opinion, but um, it's not our But also you're wrong in your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we love Mission Impossible. Let us know what you think about Mission Impossible. Thanks for joining us um, on our journey from 1 through 3. Next time we'll do 5, after that 6 and 7. Um, and follow us anywhere at the Consumers Cut. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. See you next time. Bye!